Welcome back to another Better Wealth Reacts. Uh, today, we're going to the land of TikTok and we're looking at TikTok tax loopholes. I have to say there's many gems, uh, funny gems in here. Uh, there's a lot of things that are not legit that we're gonna see. There's like cringy worthy uh, uh, videos. We're also gonna dive into some ideas that probably will get the, the mind maybe spinning in, in some cool directions. We're gonna look at uh, art collection. Uh, is this like a, the new tax loophole that everyone should be doing? We're gonna look at real estate professional. That's a really interesting thing that a lot of people are talking about. We're gonna look at a viral video of why you should make your house a cemetery. We're also gonna look at the sovereign citizen movement. This is um, something that has I've seen more and more. I don't know if it's just because that's a, I watch one video and then the algorithm is like sovereign citizen, sovereign citizen. We're gonna see if that's legit or not. We're gonna look at uh, writing off luxury items as an influencer. And then finally, we're gonna watch a video that is pitching life insurance just from the tax code. And you're, I'm gonna give my raw and honest feedback off every video. I wanna be very clear that this is not tax advice, this is not financial advice, this is financial education. Um, and so with that disclaimer, let's jump right in. Hey guys, it's Caleb Williams with that if you bury a loved one in your backyard, that your house now is zoned as a cemetery and you no longer owe property taxes, as well as you're no longer part of any HOA or any government anything. Your house is a write-off. You do, it's tax-free on any upgrades to your house and they can never take your house after that. Generational wealth. It doesn't matter if you default on your mortgage or anything like that, they can never take your house from you ever. Um, they can't take it from your kids. It, they can never take it. So think about this. Back in the day when you watch things like Wyatt Earp and the movies, they go out back and they bury you know, their loved ones in their backyard. When did cemeteries become a thing, right? Mm, probably around the first war when we needed money and we instilled like, you know, war taxes, property taxes, all the bullshit, right? So cemeteries became a thing. Why? Oh, because they needed property tax and they wanted you to pay a lot for funerals. When people used to just do cardboard and you know bury people six feet under and put them close to their house. But now they have you pay for a plot of land, pay for a tombstone, pay for a casket, put you in debt basically for a funeral to put your loved one on a property that's not yours. Because if you put them in your backyard, then you no longer owe property taxes and your house is no longer owned by the government. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I'm just putting it out there. All right, this is totally false uh, for those of you that needed to hear uh, this. Uh, I, I love how people can just be in their car just kind of like spouting um, crazy half-truths because there might be some elements of truth that she talks about, but her whole um, ins insinuation of like, hey, you can bury someone that you love in the back of your yard and everything that you do with your house is tax-free is so false. Please, 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 please don't do this. It has uh, 168,000 saves, 171,000 shares, 620,000 likes. Like uh, this 
this definitely went viral. Um, and I can see why, um, because it's like, oh, wow, like this is a way to like make everything tax free in, in, in how we live. And it's just not true. So here's what is true. It is true that cemeteries um, are, you know, have tax advantages like that. That is true. And, and there is a element of truth if you get permission, because you can't just like you can't just bury anybody in your backyard. Like, don't do that without getting permission. But if you do bury someone in your backyard, there is a point that you can make about that element of burial is is tax free. Like you get a special tax advantage there, but that doesn't necessarily make your home a part of the cemetery. And if it did, that means you sh shouldn't you have to justify why you're living in a cemetery and it's not your home. It's a cemetery. So this whole concept of, yes, everything is tax-free and generational wealth and all this stuff, it's like you're using the cemetery as a loophole, but you still are acknowledging that you have your home and you're not using it all as a cemetery because no one wants to grow up in a cemetery. Like that's not a great place to raise up your home. And so again, we're taking half truths. We're saying, hey, this is a loophole. If we can quote unquote, make our house a cemetery, um, everything is tax-free where when, um, if you were getting audited, if you if you were looking at it and you were like really being critical, you're saying no, like this whole thing is not a cemetery. Um, the best case scenario is maybe your plot of land, you could maybe make the argument that you don't have to pay taxes on that plot of land. And then maybe like there's some type of equation that you bring out. And so be very, very careful. Um, and uh, yeah, this is definitely not legit. All right, TikTokers. So I'm going to do something amazing for you this weekend um, on how to elect to uh, not have any taxes withheld from your paycheck and how to be exempt from federal and state taxes. No, you don't need to be a state national to do this either because it is in the tax code of the IRS that taxes are voluntary. So the minute that you elect to pay taxes, you just contracted with them and then they can come after you. So if you, if you choose to be exempt, then they won't come after you. And if you fill out your forms at the end of the year during tax season or at the beginning of the year, actually during tax season, then yes, you contracted with the government again and they're going to come after you for the money. First things first, on your W-4 for federal, below line 4C, write in exempt, just like I did. And now I'm gonna show you my current paycheck that I just received a few days ago, where it shows federal withholding, zero dollars, okay? All right, now for the state tax. Same thing, um, you don't write exempt in, but they're gonna, it, different states operate differently. Arizona, we definitely use the W-4 here. I'm not sure about other states, but I'll show you what I chose when I was filling out my W-4 for state. Okay, now I'm going to show you the, I call it the fact page, um, which lists federal, state, and any of my responsibilities for taxes. And I will show you where it says yes and true for me being exempt. 
It's really simple, guys. Um, you don't need to become a state national to do this. Just know the law. Know that we've been duped and know that taxes are voluntary. No contract law, no trust law. Everything is in contract. That's how they get us. It's tacit agreement. But if you want to go ahead and correct your status, then go ahead and do it. I've done it. And um, I will say though, certain towns like Sedona, it puts a target on your back. So I would be very careful and I would know the law. It's not about your status, it's about how you stand in your sovereignty, okay? It's not about the paperwork, it's about what you know, how you stand in your own individual self. Type into Google who is obligated to pay income tax. You'll see what comes up. All residents and all citizens of the United States. Time to do some homework. Define residents and citizens and define the United States. Can anyone put in the comments for the rest to see why it's the United States and not the United States of America like we see on our passport? Can anyone else explain for us why it doesn't say in all caps, the United States of America? Does anyone else think that maybe the IRS uses specific words for a specific reason and they don't use other words for certain reasons? Why do we not see the United States of America in here? All right, so these last two videos that we watched was uh, this concept of sovereign citizen, and it is something that I would highly, 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 highly discourage you to even think about. Um, it is shady, and there's going to be a lot of people that get in trouble uh, with it. There's they there's old people that essentially like that the pitch is um, that like it doesn't clearly say that United States of America. They, their whole concept is D.C. is like this ten by ten you know plot of land that are is the United States, and then everybody else that are paying taxes is voluntarily paying taxes to the the United States and we can be a sovereign citizen, which is kind of uh, oxymoron when you think about it, because the definition of sovereign is a supreme ruler, like a monarchy, and then a citizen is a person who legally bounds to a country. So it's like a, I don't know, it's it kind of, it's like you're your own citizen and that's their whole point that they're, that they're making. And so there is countless, countless, countless videos of, of people, number one, sharing all kinds of things and reasons why this is totally not true. Um, there are other people that, you know, when they get pulled over um, on the side of the road, they'll, they'll tell the police officer, like, I'm a sovereign citizen, I don't need to follow the rules or for child support. And like, I can't tell you time after time after time, it gets thrown out and it, like the, the courts do not uphold this concept of sovereign citizenship. Now, is it true that this person or people have saved money in the short term by saying that they're not a citizen. Yes, is there, can you just not pay your taxes and just be like, I'm just gonna lie to the IRS? Yes, you can. Will that work in the short term? Probably. Will the IRS come after you? And will there, like, will you be at the end of your rope and will things be found? Probably. So that's the whole concept of like, this, this, this idea of like, yes, you can lie and you can get by. And some people lie their entire life and they and it doesn't seem to ever catch up with them, but that doesn't make it a tax strategy. It doesn't make it legit. Even, I love how at the very end, it's like, have faith, have faith in the Lord. Like, what does that have anything to do with being a sovereign citizen? Like that that's the thing is like, if there were countless examples 
there are countless examples of people that were doing this and then went to court and it was upheld. Like then there's something to see there. And, and, and like I said, like in, there's a reason why we have a tax company at Better Wealth is like we start, we started seeing a lot of sketchy tax strategy, tax recommendations out there. And it became really frustrating because a part of us wants to believe this. Like I, how cool would it be not to have to pay taxes, be a quote unquote sovereign citizen? Like that's, that's cool. But, but it's not, it's not the right thing. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't pass the BS test. And then when you actually look at the actual results, are people going to jail over this? Are people getting found out? Are people having to pay back taxes and all that? The answer is yes to all of that. So um, I would just be very, very careful. Number one, to make videos like this, I would, I, I don't know why anyone would make a video like this, number one. And number two, um, don't believe everything you hear on TikTok. Uh, that's for sure uh, not true. Are there some elements of truth to it? No, no. Like I, I'm not even gonna give them a half truth on this. It's uh, it's false. Please don't do this. And um, that's all I have to say about that. Tax loophole that will blow your mind. Rich people use artwork to get away from taxes. Let's say you buy a piece of art for a hundred thousand dollars and get it appraised for a million dollars. Then you donate it to a foundation and now you can write off a million dollars. Take it a step further, you own the foundation that you're giving it to. The best part is you only need to donate five percent of what's in that foundation. And now you can keep the painting and get double the write-offs. All right, this uh, this video is a half truth. Um, it is kind of true and there's some things that are false about it. So first, let, let's talk about the things that are kind of true. Number one is wealthy do use art as a way to um, save money on taxes. The whole concept of um, buy art for $100,000, get it market, fair market value at a million, donate that, get the deduction. There's some truth to that. Where this uh, person is wrong is they're using the word foundation versus a public charity or museum. A foundation, there's a ton of benefits to a foundation. Um, you have control, just like this person said, 5%, you donate 5% a year. There's a lot of reasons why a lot of wealthy people have foundations, you maintain control and all of that. The deal is you can't, you, you can't donate art to your own privately held foundation. Um, you can't get the fair market value. Actually, they, there's a ruling on this that you can only get the cost of what you've paid the art. Now, what you can do, this is where there, there's truth to it, you can use this scheme if you actually donate to a public charity or museum, and, and that's where you can um, use this as a loophole. So like, like everything here, not tax advice, not legal advice, but there is an element of truth. And in a lot of cases, a lot of times when it comes to TikTok finance, there's an element of half truths, and that's where this video falls into. Legal loophole to pay $0 in taxes. When you become a real estate professional, it allows you to start writing off real estate depreciation towards your active income. So what that means is if you are making a lot of money in something outside of real estate, you can start writing off that income with real estate as long as your spouse is a real estate professional. What does it take to be a real estate professional? Spend at least half of your work week dedicated towards real estate. You could be an Airbnb management host, wholesaler, house flipper. You just have to qualify as a real estate pro. Once your spouse qualifies for that, you can still keep making your money over here, but now you're going to be able to get the deductions from buying rental properties. So if you want to legally wipe out all your taxes, get your spouse to be licensed. So is being a real estate 
a professional legit? Um, are there tax benefits to it? It's 100% legit, and there's many tax benefits to it. There's a reason why Ryan used the word spouse a couple times is to qualify as a real estate professional, you have to use what's called 50% of your work has to go towards real estate. It's called the 50% test, and you have to spend over 750 hours towards real estate in general. And so um, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're crushing it uh, in business, if you're making a ton of money um, or you're high W-2, you have to be able to pass the, the quote unquote 50% test. So that holds a lot of you know high income earners or business entrepreneurs back. And so that's why he says spouse, spouse, spouse. And, and there may be lots of benefits to have your spouse be the owner of a of a company that you set up that does real estate and again you still have to put significant time in one person i would highly recommend you look into is carlton dennis he creates a lot of videos and has many trainings around this and how people can become a real estate professional ways to do that um, and ways where you can save crazy tons of money here's a tax loophole that influencers use to save millions on taxes and irs definitely doesn't want you to know about this one it's called section 162a and it allows you to write off anything that you use in your content as a necessary and ordinary business expense and since influencers have a personal brand they're they're able to write off many personal things that normal businesses can't. For example, luxury cars, watches, clothing, and other personal items that would usually be considered owner's pay or a draw that would normally be taxed are now able to be written off against your income. So if you want to save money on taxes, you might want to consider creating some content. All right, so this one is legit. Like, I think there's a lot of things that are legit about what this person has to say, but before you go write off everything, hear me out. So this tax loophole, this 162A is not really a tax loophole. It literally, like, here's the code. It literally says that it provides a deduction for anything that's ordinary and necessary expense incurred while enga engaging in a trade or business. Uh, it, it, it provides special rulings for like deductions as well. So here, here's the whole point. If there's something that's ordinary and necessary to your business, um, you can write it off. So for example, computers, microphones, um, there's a lot of things that are ordinary and necessary for us to do our business. We can write it off. Whereas if you didn't have a business, you would not be able to write off your computers and your microphones and all this other stuff. And so, yes, this is why it's a really, really, really good idea to think like a business owner, to have side, um, you know, hustles. You have to you have to try to make money. You can't just do it as a loophole. And, and, and if the IRS comes after you, again, it has to be ordinary and necessary. So this is where a lot of people get themselves in trouble is they don't actually document. They don't do proper bookkeeping and they're not actually documenting why this is ordinary and necessary. For someone like a Grant Cardone, having a, a jet is ordinary and necessary for his type of business. But he has to prove, he has to prove that. He has to say having a jet is ordinary and necessary. Not everyone that just goes buys um, a crazy fancy watch or car or the things that might not be ordinary and necessary to their business. And so you have to be able to build a, a you know, documentation of why that is. You shouldn't be afraid of the IRS. You shouldn't be afraid of audits. Like you should just really document why this is ordinary and necessary. Um, and this is what I'll say. There are benefits of travel influencers. Like there are people out there that their income comes from traveling and documenting their experiences. And so you could make the argument that it is ordinary and necessary for them to fly first class, for them to stay at nice hotels, them to experience great food because it's it's ordinary and necessary for their business 
but I can't just say I'm a travel influencer because me flying first class and staying at nice hotels and eating out is not ordinary or necessary for my line of business. And so there is something to say where maybe, maybe there sh everyone should be a travel influencer and document, but you have to be able to back that up. I think section 162 is an amazing thing that all of us should be leaning into. And whether you're a travel influencer or whether you just want to start a side hustle, I think there's a lot of benefits to it. All right. Last but not least. Three secret tax loopholes the IRS won't tell you, but I will. First one is under section 72E and it states that you can actually get tax-free compound interest in certain financial products. Second one states under section 7702 that when you go to access that money in certain financial products, that it's also gonna be tax-free when you touch it. Final one is under section 101A, which states when you pass away, your beneficiary can receive the funds of these contracts completely tax-free. By the way, the financial products that these tax regulations apply to happen to be life insurance. So uh, this is true and there's a lot of buts in there. So hear me out. I'm going to go through what's true and then I'm going to add what I would add. Um, and I'm not just giving this a full legit full full thumbs up. So uh, number one, section 77 e pretty much does say that a dividends and life insurance are tax free. And this is a, a criticism that a lot of people use on life insurance is like a dividend is a return and premium and um, they, they kind of like freak out over it. And it's at the end of the day, um, it's it's a it's a loophole to make um, growth in a policy, i.e. dividends, non-taxable. So yeah, that's true. Section 7702 pretty much say the buildup of cash value in an annuity or life insurance is tax deferred. And then also that you can use a loan tax-free and that's loans are tax-free regardless. You don't, you don't have to pay income tax and you get a mortgage or you take out a loan in general. Same thing when it comes to life insurance policies. And then section 101A, um, says that when you receive a life insurance death benefit, it's income tax-free. There's obviously some exceptions to this when some people soup up life insurance to be like um, special tax benefits when they're paying in. Sometimes you lose the tax-free nature on the back end. Um, but at the end of the day, the death benefit for 99.9% .9 of life insurance policies is income tax-free and is one of the greatest benefits. So here's my caveat to the whole message of like, hey, you want to work with me? Because I just like showed you three tax loopholes is like just because it's tax advantaged or tax free in some natures doesn't make it amazing. For example, is like I could say, hey, give me all your money. I won't give it back and you can write it off as a loss and you get tax benefit. It's like that's a tax benefit and that's not a good deal at all. It's like it's like the people that um, do crazy deductions and they buy things that they don't need and they have less money because of it. Um, there is a lot of life insurance out there that if it's not structured properly, um, it could be a disaster. And so I'm not saying, oh, because life insurance is is uh, has a lot of tax advantages, that doesn't mean you should pour your money into it. You should still make sure that the policy serves you and that uh, it's structured properly. You have a ton of liquidity and you know um, you know the pros and cons, you know like the advantages, but more importantly, you know what, what could go wrong if the policy didn't perform the way uh, it performs. And so that's my uh, final two cents. I, I give a half thumbs up, half thumbs down, but overall, I thought it was a very creative video to kind of lay out the tax 
uh, tax benefits of life insurance. Hey guys, if you liked this video or found it enjoyable or informative, please give it a thumbs up. Shoot me a comment, like share with me what's the one thing that was like the most funny uh, or the thing that um, you made you laugh or like made you like cringe. I would love to hear that from you. Um, and also when you share our videos, that also means the world. It, it, anytime you like, comment, it helps um, get the videos out to more people. Um, I comb through hours of TikTok videos, as much as I'm embarrassed to say, uh, to try to come up with uh, this list. And I look forward to continue bringing you reactions. So I would love to hear from you. Is there other videos that I need to react to? And I would always love hearing from our audience. So uh, we'll see you on the next video. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.